0: Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives.
1: I'll take you for a ride. Alright, everyone, welcome to WeissCast. I am your host, Aaron Weiss, along with a guest co-host.
0: Justin Moss, back again with a vengeance. It's
1: so true. He's back with a vengeance. And uh, this week we are doing our new format, which we will do once a month, called the Top 10 List. And the reason we decided to do this is because it's more conducive for having guests as opposed to having them read through the articles and be prepared to talk. Um, It's just a little bit easier to do a Top 10 List when having a guest. Um, This week, Bryant couldn't make it. He's uh, out of town, Um, so I asked Justin to fill in, and he said, sure. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think those were my words quite literally. Yeah, they
1: really, yep, they were. Um, So the way that this is going to go is we're going to go through each of our top ten games from childhood, a.k.a. anywhere from pre-adolescence to adolescence. And if you don't know what adolescence is, Google it. Um, so I'm going to get started with the list and my list is in no particular order until number one. So number one was my first, um, was the one that I wrote down first and then I did the rest of the list from there. Um, my number 10 is Halo 3 and that's a game that I didn't own until, uh, later growing up. Um, I didn't own it till college maybe like when I was 18 or 19 Um, but I played it at friend's house all the time we had LAN parties all the time I played it at my cousin's house Uh, it was just so much fun and I have a lot of fond memories specifically with Halo 3 Um, I now own all the Halos thanks to Xbox Game Pass and um, and and going through them uh, the stories leading up to Infinite And so I'm just really excited to go through the stories because I haven't gone through them. I've just been playing multiplayer growing up. But that's my number 10. Uh, Justin, what's your number 10? Because I feel like our lists differ a lot.
0: Yeah, so I didn't have a huge gaming influence when I was a kid. I mean, we had games, but the systems were always my dad's. and We weren't really allowed to play a lot. Um, but my number 10 is a throwback to the Sega Dreamcast. Ooh. And it is a game called Hydro Thunder. It is a boat racing game. And I remember thinking the first time I turned that on and playing, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my whole life. That's I've, awesome. I've always been enamored by uh, watercraft. And so being able to, like, sit in the living room and race boats was so cool. And I this is going to really make me sound so dumb. But I remember... When I discovered you could change the speed reading from miles per hour to kilometers per hour, (laughs) I switched it to kilometers per hour, and I thought I was so cool because I thought, oh, I'm going so much faster now, but as an adult, I now realize how dumb I was, and that I was actually going the same speed. I was just, you know, different measurements there. But yeah, so Hydro Thunder, I just remember that being such a cool experience for me when I was, like, not even 10 years old.
1: I never played that, but I do remember I had a game on GameCube called Wave Race Blue Storm, Mm -hmm. which is a similar concept, but you're on Wave Runners. I think I had that one. It was very fun. So that was a great, great first pick. Um, My second pick is from the Nintendo 64, and it's Mario Party 2. Um, For those that don't remember Mario Party 2, it's the one where Mario is wearing a cowboy hat on the cartridge. My brother and I had it, well, technically the Nintendo 64 was his, um, but we played it a lot growing up, and I think we lost it when we moved from Illinois to Georgia, and then we just, we could never find it, and then one day we were at Goodwill, and he found it randomly, Um, and and it wasn't the exact same cartridge, obviously, but um, he found it again, and uh, I just have so many fond memories with Mario Party 2. Um, and to this day, uh, my friends and I still play Mario Party. And it's just, it's a great time. If you've never played it, I highly recommend it. Um, Justin, on to your next one.
0: Yeah, so I'm actually throwing myself an audible here. Um, because you reminded me, I have a hard time remembering a lot of things from my childhood. Not because I had like a rough childhood, mm-hmm. but just because I have a terrible memory. So, you mentioned, you know, Mario Party 2 and N64. Um, I remember my first ever gaming experience was my grandmother. This is so weird of her, but she was, like, obsessed with games. And she was born in the 40s, so, like, long before video games were a thing. But um, part of the reason why she first started liking my dad when he started dating her daughter was because he was into video games, and he brought his Atari over, and she thought it was the coolest thing. So, like, I can remember my parents telling us a story, like, when they broke up. She was like, "Lindy, you need to go get back with Glenn, because I want him to bring his his Atari back over here. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, my grandparents had a Super Nintendo with the giant joystick controller and the two uh-huh. buttons. and my first ever gaming experience was as, like, a six-year-old playing Castlevania. Whoa. And... I didn't have that on my list at first, but because you reminded me of older Nintendo systems, I have to give my number nine to that because that was my very first, at least in my memory, my very first gaming experience. And it was such a cool game. Yeah, Yeah. what a
1: first gaming experience. Like, a lot of people love the Castlevania series, and I gotta be honest, that's on my pile of shame. I've never played a Castlevania game.
0: You have to. It's so good. They're so (sighs) cheesy, but they're so good. Yeah.
1: Um, There's a spiritual successor to Castlevania on... Well, I think it's on more than just Switch, but I've seen it on Switch. It's called Bloodstained, mm. and it's, you know, very similar. Um, so maybe I should get into that. Um, my number eight pick is from the GameCube, and it is more of a cult classic than... Well, maybe it's a classic now. A lot of people have fond memories, but at the time, people hated the game. Super Mario Sunshine. Um People didn't like it because there was terrible voice acting, um, and that's really the only reason. Otherwise, it is a very fun game. Um, I, along with others, would put it higher than Super Mario 64, which is blasphemous to a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm of the idea that Super Mario 64 did a lot for 3D platformers, but the successor... Super Mario Sunshine is just better in every way.
0: Super Mario Sunshine was a great game. And who knows, maybe you'll hear that, that game come back up later on in my list. Um, but what you're going to learn from my games is I have a lot of experience with the Dreamcast. So yet again, another Dreamcast game, NFL 2K. Ooh. I don't even know if this is the first one uh-huh. or what, but that was my first ever local multiplayer experience. My older sister and I, she's like a sports nut. She used to play softball and soccer, and um, she's really athletic. So she loves sports, and that led to her loving sports video games. To this day, she still loves a lot of the, the baseball games that come out, um, the show specifically. I think actually that's one of the only ones that still exists. But mm-hmm. um, we used to play hours of NFL 2K, and I remember turning off penalties, like offside penalties, so that way on defense I could just put – like my defensive end, in the backfield. And as soon as she snapped the ball, I would, like, tackle her quarterback. And we used to get in so many fights over that because she – obviously it was so dumb. There's a reason the rule exists. But (laughs) that was just my first local multiplayer experience. And, I I mean, that forever changed my gaming um, perspective.
1: You know, since you just called an audible, I'm going to call an audible. And you reminded me of a multiplayer sports game that I played – Uh, growing up on Nintendo 64 called Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. Nice. Um, My brother and I had so much fun playing that game. And actually, don't tell anyone, but we may or may not have stolen it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm calling the authorities as we speak. For whatever reason, my church growing up had a Nintendo 64 and a bunch of games – but no one ever played Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. Mm-hmm. And my dad worked at that church, and we borrowed it once. And, you know, when you borrow things, sometimes you just forget to give it back. It's, like, not on purpose. It's so just, like, forget that to give it back. Um, but Alex is eight years older than I am. And um, when he borrowed it, it was close to when he was graduating high school. And kind of just packed everything up in, for college and um, took it with him kind of by mistake, but he still had it. Um, I think he still has it, and you know, I don't think the church misses it at all. I don't think they even have an Nintendo 64 anymore, so...
0: <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's better that you stole it from the church than the orphans. So, yeah, it's true. Um, you have to justify it.
1: There's actually still a pretty sweet arcade cabinet in storage at Spring Road, mm-hmm. um, the church that I grew up at. And I've really thought about asking for it, like, <laughs> a lot. Because, I mean, I was there at that church for 20 I mean, years. at this
0: point, you already stole the game. You might as well just take the rest of it.
1: I don't know where the Nintendo 64 is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that would be an important part. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number seven, and, of course, I'm going in ascending order, so least to greatest. Number seven for me... Um, Like I said, you're going to hear it come back up, but Super Mario Sunshine. Man, what a great game. So great. Um, I really don't know what else to say about it other than it really did give a great experience. I think it was one of my first... It wasn't my first Mario experience. It was definitely one of my first in terms of the RPG-style Mario games. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that game was so well done. It, like piqued my interest in a gaming genre that I don't really consider myself interested in even to this day. So like the fact that I was able to play that game, enjoy it and would consider replaying it even to this day is, is huge for me because I'm not very much of an RPG person mm-hmm. nowadays.
1: Yeah. I guess there were some like kind of RPG elements cause you could like upgrade the, um, the flood mm-hmm. thing. Um, and that was really cool. And I think that's something else that people didn't really like is just like, the very light rpg elements yeah
0: it wasn't it obviously would not be classified as an rpg mm-hmm. but there were just elements of it that kind of lent itself to that genre mm-hmm. um and even though it wasn't like that that style of game is not necessarily what i'm interested in rpgs are not mm-hmm. necessarily what i'm interested in but mario sunshine did so much well and so much right that it kept me interested
1: also just talk about a very catchy soundtrack like, oh, oh, absolutely. One of the best of all time.
0: I think that's one of the most underrated things about Nintendo and specifically the Mario franchise in general, is how well their soundtracks are how good they are. Mm-hmm. But especially with, with Sunshine, that's that's oh a great one.
1: Yes, Delfino Plaza's music just is quality. Um moving on to I guess my number six um is Super Smash Bros. Melee. Um, I like I said, this is in no particular order, so this actually could be like my number two on the list if you wanted it to be. Um, but this game is just so great, and I mean, it's it's it, the its legacy speaks for itself. Like people literally modded the Smash Bros that came after it to play like this game <laughs> because the game was just. Project M, right? Yeah, Project M. Yeah. Um, Melee is probably the closest to a perfect game I've ever played. Um, it's just so well balanced, and it people literally still have tournaments. Like there are professional tournaments for Melee to this day. Um, they don't even play this newest uh, Smash Bros. Um, <laughs> Ultimate on Switch like they they still go back to this one. So if you're the best in the world at Super Smash Bros, you're the best in the world at Super Smash Bros Melee, not Ultimate. Oh, absolutely. Um and I mean it's just like the roster was perfect. Everything like the balance of the roster was perfect. Nowadays there's like too many sword characters and um this was like the first game where it expanded outside of the the core like Nintendo mascots. Um so it included like Fire Emblem characters, which was kinda cool. And that was like my introduction to Fire Emblem. Um yeah, Melee, like what what else can you say? It's just a, an all around great um multiplayer game and actually it had a really good single player as well, which kinda gets overlooked when remembering it.
0: And I i like kinda saddens me because I love Smash Bros, the franchise. But I didn't really get into Smash Bros until College, mm-hmm. I had a GameCube growing up, but never, never had uh, a Smash Bros game, and so just looking back, like the amount of time we spent in college playing Super Smash, you know, name the game we played it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish it would have been <clears throat> a part of my childhood because I feel like it would have been such a, a foundational and like really important game for me because I love the series and like the franchise now. Um, but yeah, Melee is definitely my favorite of all of them so good. Yeah. So all right, my number 6. Um I almost forgot about this one. And then as I was like browsing to like fr- refresh my memory, I was like, man, that was such a great game and such an important game to me. Super Mario Strikers. Yes. A classic among classics. Definitely should be in every video game hall of fame there ever is, ever was, and ever will be. Um but yeah, this game was huge. It was super fun, but also laid back enough that you could just kind of casually play, but still competitive enough when you played with your friends. It got heated, you know, like there was such a competitive element of it that you really could get super into the game if you wanted to. Um, But another thing was like, this was my, outside of the NFL game, this was my first sports experience and my first sports experience with soccer. And growing up... um, in like a smaller southern city in the U.S., soccer wasn't really a big part of the sports culture. But I loved soccer even from a young age. And so being able to play a video game that was soccer, but also that was like cartoony and fun and very outlandish. Like obviously many of the things you can do, almost everything you can do in Super Mario Strikers is impossible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just fun to like have that just – Relaxed element and yet still be able to see and like play soccer on screen was so cool for me.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of like you were with Smash Bros. Um, When it comes to Strikers, I didn't get introduced to Strikers until college. Um, I didn't really have an interest in soccer until college. And so I liked the Mario sports game somewhat. Um, Like, I really enjoyed Mario Golf, particularly, growing up, but never really found interest in Strikers until um, I played it in college. And so, I think, personally, like, Mario Strikers and its sequel, Strikers Charge, particularly Charge, are, like, the pinnacle, like, the magnum opus of Mario sports games, Mm -hmm. Um, they're just so good. Um and I I just what what more can we say that it hasn't already been said? It's just an incredible game, an incredible franchise. It's been too long dormant. Yes. Um the series creators slash developers are kind of only on Luigi's Mansion right now, which kind of sucks. Um I mean the, the Luigi's Mansion games are fun, but but, I
0: mean, what better time for them to revisit that franchise? Because the Switch might be the best console Nintendo's ever had for a striker's game. Oh, for
1: sure. You could you could do the awesome uh, motion controls of the Wii One uh, charged, or you could just play the GameCube style. Yeah, it'd be so great. It's that literally the Hannah Montana of consoles. <laughs>
0: well said. Well said.
1: Um. Number five. Number five. So this game, this game's a little out of left field, maybe. Um, but for those of you that grew up in the aughts, um, maybe not. Um, 007 Agent Under Fire. Hmm. This was one of my first um, FPS experiences growing up. I, I played GoldenEye a little bit. Um, I was I was really young when that came out, and uh, my brother had it, and I played it a little bit with him. Um, But once he moved to college, I really wanted another 007 game. And so um, I got Agent Under Fire and Nightfire. Both are great games, but I give the edge to Agent Under Fire because the multiplayer was just so outlandish. There was a grapple. There was a jetpack. You could do zero gravity. (laughs) It was so cool. And my friends and I played it all the time, like, people would come over to my house so we could play on GameCube because it wasn't available on Xbox, and or at least I don't think it was. And, of course, PlayStation 2, you can only play two players. Yeah. And so um, GameCube, you could do four players, and I had four controllers, and so people would come over and play Age Under Fire, and it was just so much fun. Wow.
0: Yeah, the 007 games are really fun. Unfortunately, my majority of my experience, which was it's still pretty limited, was was Goldeneye. So, mm-hmm. I can't really speak much to your selection, but I can say what I have played with the
1: 007 games it was very fun. And they just kind of went downhill after after those games like they've come out with a couple of them. Uh Goldeneye Reloaded was good.
0: I I mean it makes sense though. if you look at the trajectory of the 007 film series, I would say around that time 007 kind of fell off. In terms of its yeah. public opinion. So the games were bound to fail as well.
1: Also, Activision has the the license now. And, I mean, Activision, most of their um, developers are either actively working on Call of Duty or, like, support on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're just not pumping out games like they used to. Yeah. No,
0: it, it's unfortunate, but... So my number five, um, going with a GameCube game here, was Star Wars Rogue Leader. Man, Ooh. this was such a cool game. I I have to admit, I was terrible at it. Uh, I can remember being so frustrated that I couldn't be... I think it might even have been the first level for years, trying to beat the first level where you have to destroy the Death Star. But man... This game graphically blew my mind. Like going back, you probably wouldn't be very impressed with it, but when you consider the hardware it was running on, the time it came out, like it was such a cool game and someone who was obsessed with Star Wars at the time, like it was unique in that, you know, there was Star Wars Bounty Hunter that was on the GameCube. Um was Old Republic out at the time?
1: Yes, Knights of the Old Republic um came out in two thousand three so around the same time as this yeah
0: so like there was the first like i don't know if you would consider him first person but there were there was that the star wars games where you know you played as a character mm-hmm. you know running around shoot them up kind of stuff especially with um bounty hunter but this was such a cool experience because you were in the cockpit of an x-wing and you know you're shooting down tie fighters and to me that was the coolest thing about star wars was like the space battles Like Of course, Jedi's and the Force and all that's cool, but like being in that cockpit, that was something that I could grasp because there's a potential that that could become real. And so I, I connected with that part of Star Wars the most, and so being able to play a video game that allowed me to take that role on myself was just awesome.
1: You know, it's interesting, for as much as I love Star Wars, I don't have a Star Wars game on my list. Um, I owned both Rogue Leader and...
0: You almost said Rogue One, didn't you? No, I
1: almost said Rogue Squadron. Um, Rogue Squadron was the first one. Rogue Leader was, like, to follow up. And then mm-hmm. there was a third one. I owned the second and third one on GameCube. I just... I don't think... I think because I sucked at them, I didn't play them as much. Um I do like Bounty Hunter a lot. I don't know why I didn't... But I don't know if... Eh. I don't know if that would, would have cracked the top 10, though. Mm-hmm. The one that would have cracked the top 10 if I had actually played it in childhood is Knights of the Old Republic. But I didn't play that until, like... I was, like, 20 or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... that. That's a great choice. Um, my number four is... Not necessarily out of left field, but it's a game that a lot of people don't like um and that is the legend we of we fit <laughs> yes yes it's actually we fit no it's a legend of zelda skyward sword um this was actually the first 3d Zelda that I like personally owned um I got Wind Waker later and loved it I had actually played it at a friend's house and loved it there too um played or my my brother had the other Zelda games, the other Zelda three D games, um, and for whatever reason, Skyward Sword just really like connected with me. Like I I loved the motion controls, um, the story was fun, the the dungeons are top notch. Like I don't know why people look on look back on this and like oh that game is rough i'm like it's probably because of the motion controls because they weren't like amazing but i thought that they fit the game well Mm -hmm. and i actually found out that there is an impossible hd port coming to switch and if that's true you'll probably have the option to choose between regular controls and motion controls and honestly i'll probably just do the motion controls because i loved them um but yeah like the legend of zelda skyward sword canonically is the first one in the timeline, and it just, it sets up the story, or the, the, the legend <laughs> of Zelda, just so perfectly, it's a great game, I highly recommend it,
0: that's a great, that is a great choice, alright, so, I think I might have said that was my number four, well, four choice last, but my actual number four choice on my list, is the NCAA series, football series, specifically, there was a basketball and baseball series for a little while, but, NCAA football, um, 2014, last year, RIP, great game. 2011 was my favorite game. I spent many hours in high school late at night with my friends playing NCAA football. Um, I, I honestly can't tell you how, like, if I had to estimate how many hours we played over the four years in high school. But that was by far the most played game I've ever had in my experience. We used to play all the time. we do the career mode, create players. Um, but just being able to take over these college athletes, playing a sport that I love, grow, grew up, loving. Um, it was just such a cool experience for me. And having that like local multiplayer experience, you know, I talked about the NFL games earlier where me and my sister, when we were younger, played a lot. And then having that, when I got older, a little bit more coordinated and better at video games, being able to compete with my friends. It was so cool. And I remember in the NCAA 2011 game, Virginia Tech was really good. Um, they, they ran the, the option offense, the triple option offense. And a friend of mine, every single time we played, would pick Virginia Tech and every single time would win. And I remember one time I was playing with East Carolina, and I beat him, and it was the highlight of my NCAA football career to beat him after he had beat me hundreds of times with freaking Virginia Tech. So, yeah, number four, NCAA
1: those are those really are great games. Um I have a lot of fond memories with O seven 7 Um on the specifically on the original Xbox. Uh, so kind of fun story real quick. When I was in middle school, um uh, we would go to this uh weekend retreat in Georgia called uh Deeper Life, like my my youth group would go. And there was this like scavenger hunt race thing and my team won uh, so NK our youth group won mm-hmm. and we got a xbox an original xbox and uh ncaa07 and a couple other games and uh my friends and i would get to uh church early and play ncaa and it was a lot of fun <laughs> um, <laughs> i have fond memories with that but i also 11s also great i loved ncaa 11 that was
0: the one with tebow on it right
1: yeah but i didn't know this but apparently you could always print off like alternate covers for your favorite team yeah um so one of my friends in high school would always print off like he was a huge clemson fan probably still is i haven't talked to him in a while but uh he would always print off a clemson one and that's really cool that's like a very unique feature that I don't think you can even do on Madden. Yeah, um,
0: I think FIFA still does that, but they offer, like, you can't print off the mm-hmm. different covers. You can just find, they do, like, three or four different covers, but obviously they have one that's the most prevalent, and then mm-hmm. the other three are rare. But, yeah, that is such a unique
1: feature. That's just so cool. Like, I really like this team, so I'm going to print off this and have a player from it. Yeah. But,
0: well, it made, it may, outside of just, like, people who collect video games or collect um, like the boxes or whatever that the game comes in it creates a customizable and personalizable piece for everybody you know mm-hmm. it's not you don't have to go pay extra for you know with like DVDs I know you like to collect the metal mm-hmm. um, DVD cases so instead of having to pay extra for it it's just something you go online print it out fits in perfect and then it just it gives you something extra to show your friends like hey this is who I support let's play this game
1: Yeah, and you've always been able to choose your favorite team, like, within the game, and just being able to represent that on the cover is really cool. Also, sometimes, even still to this day, if you buy a physical copy, those those paper covers will tear a little bit. And so, like, just knowing that you can get a replacement cover for that super easily is really cool.
0: Yeah. All right,
1: so give us your number three,
0: or your number seven, number two that's not in a particular order.
1: (laughs) This is... We are in the top three now, people. And this is my favorite Mario Kart game of all time, Mario Kart Double Dash. And friends, I have a legitimately sad story about Mario Kart Double Dash that I've only shared one other place um, with one other person, and you are about to hear it. I am about to air my well, it's not necessarily dirty laundry. It's just just a legitimately sad story. So um, grab your Kleenex, get a pint of ice cream. Um, it's story time, people. So picture this. I was in high school, and I was still rocking my GameCube. This was before I got an Xbox 360 um, or a PlayStation uh, 3. And I loved... Loved my GameCube. Um, one of my best friends also had a GameCube. And there was this game that came out for the GameCube PlayStation and Xbox called Gun. Um, which is kind of a spiritual prequel to Red Dead Redemption. And Red Dead Redemption was about to come out on Xbox. And I really... I wanted to play it, but I knew I didn't have an Xbox. So I asked my friend if I could... If we could trade games um so for whatever reason i decided to give up mario kart and he gave me gun which was a terrible trade just terrible (sighs) because if you look at the worth right now mario kart double dash is probably like 30 bucks still and gun is like five um but decided to do it loved the game loved gun it was a lot of fun anyways um so it was like, like we were talking about earlier, it was like one of those things where you like trade and just like kind of forget about it a little bit and never really asked for it back slash exchange. Um And while I was uh, doing my study abroad in college, very tragically, my friend passed away. And so I still think to this day of like, There's no way that the Mario Kart game is not in his house. (laughs) There's no way that it's not. And I just don't know how to ask for it. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the protocol is on that. Yeah. And so, like, it's one of those things where I really want it, but don't want to pay $30 to get it again. But I also really don't want to ask his family because that'd just be really awkward. Yeah. At this point, it's been six years. But yeah, yeah, so.
0: Well, I'm glad you put it so high on your list. and then.
1: Yeah, the moral of the story is don't trade away Mario Kart Double Dash for anything just in case your friend unexpectedly passes away.
0: Unless the friend's... I mean, that's a connected memory, so mm-hmm. at least you have something to remind you of, of this friend from and, time to time.
1: And actually, so, uh, you guys know, I work in campus ministry. One of my students is a film major and... Mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it the other day. He's the only other person I told. And we're going to work on a pilot episode of a TV show where I look for this game. Interesting. So that could be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and really, really funny. Cool. Like, it's just like, the, I didn't tell it in a funny way, but the story itself lends it perfectly to, like, a sitcom or something. <laughs> So, on to your number three.
0: <laughs> so, that's how you met your mother, kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was really torn on what to put here. I actually have what I'm going to go with scratched out, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with my gut. Number three for me, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Yo! So, this game is very divisive in that some people really hate it, and some people really like it. And the reason is because of the controls. So, this game came with some bongos literal bongas that you connected to your gamecube as the controller um and it was all about rhythm and for me as someone who is somewhat musical uh i I know how to play the drums a little bit um have built my own and know how to play cajon which is like a sitting drum um so it it was just really cool for me to like take that part of my life that i was interested in and then convert that to video games which is something i am like definitely interested in i love video games to this day still play tons of video games so like being able to translate that to a screen and like compete with you know computer ai because of my like my rhythm skills were the thing that separated me from being terrible and good it's just so cool and i think the uniqueness of the controls actually made it more valuable for me so donkey kong jungle beat number three
1: a game really is great and there's actually two other Donkey Kong bongo based games uh, whose name escapes me mm. um, Donkey Konga that's the name of them and those are more like Guitar Hero um, but with yeah. the bongo um, I have more experience with Donkey Konga games um, but I'm a, I'm very fond of the, the bongos yeah
0: Jungle Beat was so cool because it was like a classic Donkey Kong game like you're still running through the jungle and like you know, smashing alligators and stuff, but your movement is purely controlled by the beat of the drum. And they, there is even a microphone built into the, the bongos mm-hmm. so where, like, part of it, you'd have to, like, battle different bosses at the ends of different stages. And you could, like, clap your hands and it would make Donkey Kong clap, which, if you know the Donkey Kong character, then you know, like, his clap is an important thing. Mm-hmm. It's so like, it was so cool to see that translate. Like, if you clapped at the right time, your clap was like three times more powerful. And then there was parts where you just had to like beat as fast as you could to like run quicker or like hit both drums at the same time to jump. And I, I had just never experienced uh, a game where you were taking that musical element and translating it to a game that was outside of music. So like, I, of course I played guitar hero and mm-hmm. rock band. Um, but that was just like, here's an electronic guitar. You're playing guitar. But with Donkey Kong jungle beat, you're taking the rhythm of a drum and translating that to Donkey Kong running faster or jumping or like beating an enemy. So Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. I recommend it if you haven't played it.
1: Um moving on to my number two, yes, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Incredible game. Um My number two is actually one of another one of my soirees into first person shooters. And that is Medal of Honor Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, this That's is a great game, so good. And this is the only World War II game that I know of, it's specifically at the time, and maybe even since, that actually takes place in the Pacific, like specifically the like it starts with Pearl Harbor, and then it has you playing through like the main battles of World War II, the the Pacific. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, it's like what the general like there was the Pacific and then there was the Europe.
0: European theater?
1: Theater, yes. Pacific theater. I couldn't think of it. I was going to say stage, go. but that, I was like, that's too small scale. <laughs> um, yes. play You play through the Pacific theater and it was just so much fun and um, the multiplayer on it was a lot of fun too. And um, this is a game that actually my dad my brother and I would play a lot of. And um, it was so good. Um I really wish that EA still made Medal of Honor games. Um, I I know that Battlefield's more of the flagship um, shooter franchise, but, um, I mean, it's been dormant for, like, nine years. Uh, The last one that they tried, they really tried to take on Modern Warfare and definitely failed. Mm. Um, But I, I want them to try to do Medal of Honor in whatever way they can, but yeah Medal of Honor Rising Sun incredible game Mm,
0: that was a great game so my number two Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast yes so I know this game was also on GameCube and I know I said I had a GameCube but I did not have this game on GameCube I had it on Dreamcast and I think having it on Dreamcast keeps it at number two for me Mm -hmm. um definitely the most influential 3D game I've ever played Hmm. for me personally um another game I spent countless hours on as I did with the NCAA football games. In my younger years, Sonic was the game I spent hours and hours and hours playing over more than a year. Um, it was just such a unique game for me and it's been, I, for everyone, really, when you consider what the Sonic franchise was before the adventure games. And I know that I specifically am mentioning the second adventure game because I didn't own the first one, but... These were their these were the first 3D Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Before every, it was it was 2D Sonic games, and they were really fun, but they were also pretty high skill. Mm-hmm. And the Sonic Adventure games lowered the barrier for gamers. And with me being so young at the time, it made Sonic accessible, but it also added like a unique story. It really developed the the rivalry between Sonic and his counterpart. I don't remember the like Shadow. Yeah, Shadow and um, Adventure Two, and I know I played the first Adventure game, and that one focuses more on Sonic versus um, Robotnik. Yeah, Robotnik. But the second one is is the one that I definitely spend the most time on. So, have you had much experience with the Sonic Adventure games?
1: Oh yeah, um, specifically Sonic Adventure Two. Um, I haven't played the first one as much. I remember playing it at a friend's house uh, when I was a kid, but I actually own and still still own. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 on GameCube and it's actually Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and it added some multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean we were talking about it earlier about great soundtracks. This game ha- has one of the best of all time. Oh, it's fantastic. Um specifically the first song Escape from the City uh which me and one of my friends in college would just randomly sing like all the time. Um it was it's a lot of fun. Um but yeah, that's a that's a great uh number two pick we're gonna move on to some honorable mentions um these are the games that either didn't come to mind when writing down the list or just were purposely left off um first honorable mention for me is modern warfare two and uh, it, it's a lot like halo for me we played all the time at friend's house growing up um and it, it was like one of those things where like after a Friday night football game Uh, We'd go to one of my friends' house and just play Modern Warfare 2. Same with my next choice, Call of Duty World at War. But we didn't necessarily play the regular multiplayer. We played zombies. And to this day, I still think World at War has the best zombies. Um,
0: Was that the first Call of Duty with zombies? Yes. It was, wasn't it? It was.
1: And some people swear by um, Black Ops zombies, but I think World at War is better. Um, Then Fallout New Vegas... Uh, incredible game I don't think it has the replay value that I used to think it had but it still it gets an honorable mention and then finally Guitar Hero 3 um, without a doubt the best Guitar Hero um, set list mm. it was just so fun um, I think you have some honorable mentions yeah so well.
0: I have a lot of first person shooters because that's the genre I'm most interested in Um, so the original Call of Duty on PlayStation 2, Hmm. I used to, I remember, like, wanting to go to my friend's house just so I could play, So I never had a PlayStation until, I had a PlayStation 3, but not until, my junior year of high school. Um, like, when we played the NCAA games, my friends would always bring their Xboxes over. Like, they would bring their systems over to our house, like, to my house. So, like, I remember middle school and high school, like, always wanting to go to my friend's house to play their gaming systems. And Call of Duty, the original Call of Duty, was probably the game that I most longed for growing up. I know that's such a weird thing to think about, but like, if you think about games you never owned but played, that was the one for me that I always wished I could have but never had. Another one, Battlefield 3, first, first person shooter I ever owned on, again, PlayStation 3 after I got my PlayStation in high school. Um, and then, Metal, you were talking about the Medal of Honor series? Mm-hmm. I had the Medal of Honor Heroes 2 game, which was on Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever played a first-person shooter on Wii, but it was actually kind of a cool experience. That they had this like gun that you could put the mm-hmm. controller in, um, and like the little joystick thing was on the back, so like you moved around with that yeah. and aimed at the screen, and that was so cool to me because it was like everything that was great about Duck Hunt, <laughs> but in a modern gaming system, yeah. you know. And it was actually accurate and fast-paced and like super cool. Uh, and then my final one is a very recent game, and I think it'll be meaningful for you as well, but last honorable mention, Speedrunners. Yes. We, the two of us, along with two of our other friends, have spent a lot of time playing this game. Very simple game. I guess you'd call it, it would be a 2D game. It's not mm-hmm. a three-dimensional game, but um, it's a modern game. It's out now on, I think, all major systems and yep. PC but it is super fun. You literally just run in a circle, pretty much.
1: It's a competitive 2D racing platformer.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. So, if you get a chance, go look it up. And if you look it up, you should also just take the time to buy it and play it. Because it's worth your money, because it's not a super expensive game. It's not am AAA, so it's not going to cost you 60 bucks. And you will spend enough time playing it that... It's worth your time.
1: Also, if you play on the Xbox and have been playing on the Xbox for a while, you probably get the games with gold every month. And it was on Games with Gold like four or five years ago, which is when, or it was probably three or four years ago when we ever we all got it. So we got it for free. Um, it goes on sale on Switch all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to spend more than ten bucks on this game. Yeah,
0: really. but it's definitely worth more than ten dollars. Yeah, like, like if I knowing what the game is, how meaningful it is, and like how much time we spent playing it, I'd spend forty dollars on it.
1: I'd probably spend 20 or 30. Because, like,
0: even to this day, like, the game's been out for, what, almost five years. Yeah. And I'll still get on, and there's still people online playing, Mm -hmm. and I can still, like, get in a match. But when friends come over, we could sit down, like, after we get off this podcast and go play, and we'd still have just as much fun and be close to as good as we were the last time we played, however many months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a great game. Yeah, we'll
1: go through spurts every few months where we're just like, we have to play speedrunners. Yeah, it's, it's so a great fun.
0: equalizer. It's one of those games where there's not enough variables that it prevents good players from being successful. Like, there's not enough to blame on in the game to keep you from winning. But mm-hmm. yet, there's still just enough variance that mm-hmm. there is some randomness.
1: Also, it's just a game of inches. So, it's Literally. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Pixels, even. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to both of our number one picks. And I say I say both, but they're different number ones. Different number ones. Um very different number ones. My number one pick is the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim. Um I have a story to go along with this game too. So this game came out my senior year of high school, and at the time my brother was living with us again. Um so he had moved out, gone to college, had a job. Um, and like a lot of people at that time was forced to move back because he had lost a job. Um, so he was living with us. Um, he had just gotten a job somewhere, but it wasn't like paying enough to where he could like move out. Anyways, I don't know why I'm padding the story. I was a senior in high school. Um, I remember the day specifically because it was 11, 11, 11, November 11th, 2011 Skyrim came out. I had pre-ordered it months before at GameStop. Just like you could in the old times um, or the before times and um, was very excited I paid it off months before um, because you could if you remember you could just put five dollars down and pre-order a game Um, but I was so excited for this one that I would literally every time I would go to GameStop I would just put five dollars back like like I pre-ordered it with five dollars the next time Five more dollars, and then so I ended up going enough times before it came out that I paid it off. Um, anyways, it came out and it came out the exact same day as the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which is a game that he was very um interested in. Mm-hmm. And so um he had the day off, and I was in school, it was a Friday. I convinced him some Well, I didn't have to convince him because he was going to get the game, anyways. But I convinced him to go to GameStop to get his game and pick up my pre-order. And he did. And he texted me, I I remember very vividly, at like 1.30 p.m. that he was home and he had the games. And for the next 30 minutes of whatever class I was in, that's all I could think about. And then I had one more class after that before I could go home. And it turns out in that next class, I had a substitute teacher unexpectedly because my regular teacher had gone home with a migraine. And so I was just like, we're not doing anything. I was just sitting there. I was literally watching the clock. And like 15 minutes in the class, um, I got up and asked the substitute teacher. I was like, hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there I have a brand new game waiting on me at home and we're not doing anything. Can I please just go? And she let me go. Wow. Um, So I got to leave school like 40 minutes early and went home, got to play Skyrim before all of my friends. um, And it was awesome. I never played a video game that much in the first weekend until then and since then. That first weekend, I'm ashamed to say that I put 40 hours on Skyrim. I beat the story. I beat a Are lot. Are we
0: saying like the weekend being when you got home Friday to when you went to school Monday? Or yes. like just like, okay. Yes. That's more reasonable, but still, 40 hours is a lot of time. And then
1: I didn't play that game again until the following February. So, but all total, I bought that game on pretty much every system I've had since then. Um, and combined, I probably have three or four hundred hours across all systems, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's an incredible game. Do you play the same
0: way on each system, or do you try and take unique paths? I
1: really try to take unique paths, and then I end up playing the same way, yeah.
0: You Uh, just, you just, I mean, it's like your personality, yeah, exactly. Those kinds of games, you always go back to what you know best.
1: But Skyrim, one of my favorite games of all time, it's always going to come up. In my top three or four games of all time, um, but Justin, what's what's your number one from childhood?
0: Yeah. So you actually mentioned it way earlier, um, but my all-time number one video game from childhood is Star Wars Bounty Hunter. It was yeah, it was my first foray into a shooter. It wasn't. I don't. You can't really classify it as a first-person shooter because it wasn't. first-person. Yeah, it was a third-person third-person shooter. But it was my first shooter. Um, it was right in the middle of, like, my falling in love with the Star Wars series. It was... I, I don't know. There's just so much about that game that I could spend hours talking about what made it so cool and what made me fall in love with it. But all I can say is, if you can find a way to get your hands on a copy of the game and a GameCube, play it. Because it's incredible. I know why it might not be in your top ten, but it is such a cool game and such a unique game. the the fact that they even considered taking the bounty part, the bounty hunter part out of star Wars and saying, let's turn this into a dedicated video game. is so Mm -hmm. cool to me.
1: I I do agree. It really is a great game. I didn't spend that kind of time with it. Like Mm -hmm. you did. Um, And I also kind of got it. uh, Probably in the ninth or 10th grade. So like later. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure if I had gotten it when you did in childhood, I would have probably had the same love for it and it probably would have cracked the top ten. Yeah. Um, but, folks, that...
0: Well, actually, really quick, I just remembered a game that I didn't mention in my honorable mentions, but I want to mention for one very specific reason. The game is Spider-Man 2 from GameCube. I mean, it was on a lot of systems, but my experience was Spider-Man 2 on GameCube. The reason I want to bring this game up this was the first video game, which I'm kind of—I guess I was kind of late in life to discover this. But it was the first video game that I discovered the value of cheat codes. Ooh! There were so many cool cheat codes for that game. I remember using the one that allowed me to play um, as the Green Goblin, and like playing through the entire story as Green Goblin, and then the final battle against Green Goblin was so cool to me. And like all the different costumes you could unlock. You could. There was a cheat code for playing as Mary Jane. Like mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 was a great game, but it is most memorable because I discovered the power of the cheat code.
1: So, speaking of cheat codes, you jogged my memory as well. And like we said, the honorable mentions are for games that we weren't necessarily thinking about when writing the original list. And this game would have made my top ten for real. It probably would have been top three or four. Um, But the Tony Hawk series, Um, specifically number four, because that's the one that I spent the most time with. Um, And I'm really excited about the HD re-release of one and two. Mm -hmm. Um, But those games, the cheat codes were amazing. You could unlock Spider-Man and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Just incredible soundtracks. The games were so much fun. I spent hours playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, and that's a game that... I played so much of that the the disc wouldn't read on mm-hmm. my GameCube anymore. Um so yeah, it, there's incredible games and I'm so excited that there's this kind of new renewed interest in skater games with the re-release of Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um there's this newer game called Skater XL that's decently popular and then a recently announced Skate 4 um, that's coming to new consoles in a few years. Um, just really excited about the skating renaissance because I always love
0: the Tony Hawk games are so interesting to me because I feel like there's there's very few games that were as loved and accepted by so many different types of gamers, mm-hmm. like people who played all kinds of gamer games in all kinds of genres. It seemed like every single one of them had still spent time and enjoyed the time they spent on the Tony Hawk games, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to me because like the skate scene outside of the games and you know the real life skate mm-hmm. scene is so unique. Uh, it's a very independent scene, and it's not huge. I mean, it used to, there was a there was a period there in the two thousands where it was like a big deal, but like it's still a pretty small yeah. sort of group of the population. But yet, the skate games and specifically Tony Hawk games were almost ubiquitous ubiquitous with, like, all gaming. Yeah, there was, like,
1: a 15-year period from, like, the late 80s to the very early 2000s where skating was just huge, Mm -hmm. Um, real skating. And that was the height of the Tony Hawk series. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after American Wasteland, the series kind of fell off. A lot of people hated Downhill Jam. I really liked it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they kind of just had miss after miss and eventually stopped making them. Um, Mm -hmm. But can't recommend them enough. Guys, we are almost at an hour, so we are going to cut it off here. I am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find WeissCast on podcast services around the globe. And um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Right. If you have any suggestions for your favorite games that you might want to be read next week, email info at WeissCast.com. Or feedback at... It's feedback at wisecast.com. Email that. Don't email info. That won't go anywhere. <laughs> um, Justin, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, so you can find me um, in the A, as Katie, my wife, likes to say. <laughs> uh, we recently moved back to the Atlanta area, but I'm not going to tell you specifically where because I don't want you coming to my house. But no, you can find me on Instagram um, at moss underscore mania. You can find me on Twitter at read underscore revolution. Uh, and then you can find me in the phone book if you can figure out what my last name is which would be pretty easy if you go to one of those social media sites (laughs) so yeah look me up
1: and that's all we have folks I'm going to send you out with a song that I haven't picked yet but you'll hear it when I do so until next time peace out